I am. I'm going to tell you about that channel and I'm going to ask for your support. And it goes like this. I'm Dan Benjamin. You can follow me on any social network that you want at Dan Benjamin, except GitHub where I'm just Dan. But here on YouTube, Dan Benjamin and Twitter and Instagram, follow me on Instagram. I'm asking you, why not? It doesn't hurt. You don't use it. That's why, because you're a Twitter person. But Instagram is fun and you might have some fun over there if you tried it. I want to ask you to like and subscribe to the channel. Doing that helps me. It supports me. And it also tells YouTube that you are out there and you are watching uh, or even just listening. It's important. And I'm asking you for some help if you do that. Also, if you do listen to the podcast, you can like and subscribe to it on like iTunes or Spotify, wherever that helps too. And lastly, that's right. You can support me in the work that I do at patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Uh, it makes a big difference. I need to buy food and send my kids to college. So every little bit helps, but it is time to jump right into the news. I've got a decent stack of news for you. But before I do that, uh, oh yeah, we've got the little uh, song about what I'm going to talk about here. One of the things that I've been debating is maybe doing the show in the afternoon. What would you think about that? Hey, Andy, in the chat room, what would you think about that if I did that uh, in the afternoon instead of the morning because what I keep finding is that all the good news kind of happens before like say one o'clock central time. And so I always find I'm a little behind and I might do the show and then an hour later, like three really cool things I've talked about and then I link them for the next day's show and then I'm like a day behind. So if I did it in the afternoon, I might yawn a little bit, but it might be better. So I'm thinking about it. What do you think? Let me know in the, uh, in the, in the chat if you want. Uh, so let's jump right into the news here. Robinhood, remember we were talking about Robinhood all last week. Um, they have narrowed their trading restrictions to just eight companies now that they were you know, restricting a lot more down from, they had 50 at, at peak what they were limiting. But right before today, Monday's trading session, uh, now the list is a GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Express Inc., Genius Brands International Inc., Cost Group, Naked Brand Group, and Nokia OYJ. So opening new positions on these securities, which means buying new stuff, that's limited, according to their website. Um, they have a maximum number of shares and option contracts that each user can hold. And if you already have current holdings that exceed the limits, you won't have to sell and it won't be closed. You can keep them but you can't buy anymore. So that's kind of interesting the way that they're uh, taking their approach. Now, wait a minute. Did I do something out of order here? No, I didn't. Okay, I, that was out of order, but that's fine. You know why? Because it's time for us to talk about our uh, our uh, COVID uh, update for the me. day. I'm in need of medical attention. So let's talk about it. Here's a link uh, that my mom sent. Yes, my mom. Hi, mom. My mom sent me this one. Uh, to talk about because you know how I, I talk about uh, I talk about headings and the importance of headings and what they really mean and titles of articles and things like that. Oh, um, uh, Dominic, let me just jump over and ask answer some of these questions here. I got to be polite to the jackals in the chat room. How much later would that be? Your European audience might be sleeping by then. You're right. Uh, what what time is it there, Dominic? Tell me what time it is there here in Austin, Texas. The uh, capital of the of, of North America. You didn't know that, but it's true. Uh, it is. Uh, what is it? It's just shortly after eleven. It's eleven o five a.m. So tell me what uh, 
what it is there for you and we'll figure out the time difference. Um, afternoon, not a bad idea. Andy says, depend on the exact time. Ben says he would watch in the afternoon. Um, it's 5 PM there. Hmm. So if I were to do it in, let's say two hours from now, 1 PM, my time, you could still watch that. It'd be seven. You could sit down with a, a nice bowl of cornflakes for dinner and, uh, as you do and, and watch it, I think. Anyway, let me, let me talk about this COVID variant. Okay. Uh, listen to this title. Fast spreading COVID variant can elude immune responses. Elude immune responses. It says evidence that a variant of coronavirus identified in South Africa might compromise immunity sparks concerns about vaccine effectiveness. Now, if I read the title of this article, what it says to me is that there's a new variant that it's fast spreading. So fear, remember what I told you? Remember how I've told you many times that fear is the greatest persuader, right? I've told you that. Look at this title. They're using fear. This is a fear title. Just by definition, it is a fear title. They're saying a fast spreading COVID variant. So already I'm worried because it's fast spreading and it's a variant. That's scary. And now you're telling me that it can elude immune responses. I don't even know what that means as a regular reader, but it sounds bad, doesn't it? It, it, it? A fast spreading COVID variant is eluding immune responses. Okay. So let's, let's see. Uh, oh, hi, uh, Rachel. How are you? Fa um, evidence that a variant of the coronavirus identified in South Africa might compromise immunity sparks concerns about vaccine effectiveness. Okay. Let's keep reading then. Evidence is growing. Okay. Evidence is growing. That's interesting. Now let's define the word. I'm not, I'm going to look, you tune in for this. This is what you're paying for. This is what you're going to get. Let's define evidence, the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true or valid. And the example is the study finds little evidence of overt discrimination. Now, evidence is not proof. Proof especially in legal terms, and we're talking about medicine here, we're not talking about legality. But in legal terms, proof means the evidence has been accepted as fact. In other words, the information that you had has been received, evaluated, and determined to be accurate. Evidence of something is not proof though. So let's just be clear about that. So I'm just, I'm deconstructing this for y'all, okay? Evidence is growing. That means we are receiving information that looks to be supportive of a hypothesis. Evidence is growing that some coronavirus variants could evade immune responses triggered by vaccines and previous infections. Researchers are trying to make sense of a tsunami of lab studies released this week that raise concerns about some emerging variants. of Okay, so breaking this down now, what do we have? We have evidence, data coming in that some coronavirus could evade immune responses. They might, does not that they do, it's that there's evidence that they maybe can. Here's a quote. And thank goodness that this guy uses the word data the, the right way. Thank I've got to be honest with you. Like you Makes yeah, me feel cozy you. and comfortable and relaxed like when I hear it like this. Some of the data I've seen, thank you, we need some, you know what? This actually requires a little bit of, uh, of applause here. Um, 
Some of the data I've seen in the last 48 hours have really scared me, says Daniel Altman, uh, an immunologist at Imperial College London, who worries that some of the results could portend a reduction in the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines. But to be clear, it's not just the vaccines that they're worried about. It's all immune responses, including if you've had it before or not. I got to be honest, people. I know you tune in to hear the truth, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to relay, mixed in with a little bit of my analysis. Here's the thing. It's only going to get worse. Variants are going to keep happening, and we're, look, I'm not trying to be all gloom and doom here, but we're never going to get rid of this thing, okay? You're going to get vaccinated. It's going to protect you against some portion of the variants out there, but not the other ones. This is reality. And you know what? Herd immunity, you might get some herd immunity because people have been affected by one of the variants, or, but what if one of these other ones comes out and it's different and it gets past it like they're predicting here? We're just going to be stuck with this thing. How long are we going to be stuck with this thing? It's going to be a while. And this is what I'm saying. People are so excited to get their vaccines right now and we need them to. We all need to fight against this somehow. Uh, because the way that things are going is not okay. But what if the vaccines just only work against a third of the variants that are out there or half or two thirds? That's a lot of coronavirus that you could still get infected from. And knowing that you've had it doesn't protect you from it. That sucks, doesn't it? But that's the direction we're going in. Our lives are going to be very different for a very long time. Uh, and here is another article. This one is in, coming from Scientific American that is a uh, guide of all. The, now, when they say not, you keep hearing this word novel and, you know, no one talks about it because I think the people in the news don't actually understand what it means when they say a novel, the novel coronavirus. Uh, it, it just means new or unusual. But I don't think that the people who are writing most of these, I'm not talking about the scientific American people. They've got it down. Okay, thank you. But a lot of the people, oh, this novel coronavirus, they don't understand what novel means. They just call it that because everyone else is calling that. It means new. It means different. And that's because coronaviruses have been around forever. They've all been here. This is just one kind of coronavirus. It's not the coronavirus. It's a coronavirus. Most of y'all listening right now or watching You've had the coronavirus, just not this one, but you had one when you felt like you had a cold. That could have been a cold. It could have been a coronavirus. You can't tell. Novel means new, the new one. Okay. Uh, Nelson is saying that the YouTube notification for the live show is three minutes later than the Periscope notification. That's stupid. Uh, what do I just need to hang out for three minutes and do nothing? Maybe that's what I'll do. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I don't control it. I don't control it. All right. So this article here in Scientific American says, here's a guide to novel versions, in other words, new versions, of the COVID-causing virus and genetic changes that can make them more contagious and evasive in the body. So here's a long article. I'm not going to cover all of this, but it really breaks it all down for you. So if you're that curious about all of these different types, the links will be in the show notes. Links are going to be at uh, danbenjamin.live on the latest episode there. So you can go there and pick up uh, that. And I am going to be, you convinced me, enough of you wrote and said that you wanted me to do it as a newsletter. I'm going to do it as a newsletter. I don't want you to not watch though. If you get the links as a newsletter and you don't watch and I've just, uh, I've just uh, eaten my own dog lunch, 
eating my own lunch, dog food. The hurricane is coming. An expert warns us to brace for a virulent, virulent COVID strain. So that doesn't sound good, does it? This is an article in The Guardian. Leading infectious disease expert predicts that deadlier British strain will become dominant this spring. What I just tell you about us not being done with this, it's just going to keep mutating. We're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just going to have new vaccines for it every year, just like the flu shot. And this is just part of our life now. Uh, here's something kind of weird. Um, thousands cut in line for the COVID vaccine in Michigan because they discovered a virtual, what they're calling a virtual loophole. I don't know why they're calling it a virtual loophole. That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, what exactly is a virtual loophole? It's either a loophole or it's not. Virtual? I don't know what virtual in this context means, but basically some user found a way to bypass the criteria that was used to book an appointment. So these different state websites all have criteria in them. And you're putting like your age, your weight, and all of this other stuff. And they figure out if you, what group you're in, whether you need it right now, you got to get it right now because you're older or you're, you've got a comorbidity or something, or no, no, you're all right, you can wait. Someone was able to bypass this. The tool that they use to schedule this stuff is called the Epic Scheduling Tool. It's an electronic medical record system. And they figured out, and you can tell this is written by someone who has no idea what they're talking about. An eye loophole in the chat, they're calling it. Very good. Um, so uh, it says, um, the user took advantage of a vulnerability in its Epic scheduling tool, an electronic medical record system, before sharing the unauthorized pathway publicly the healthcare provider said in a statement, the unauthorized pathway, they probably clicked something that they shouldn't have clicked uh, or figured something out, how to get past something. Uh, and so they made their own appointments and then they let 2,700 people in to circumvent the current Michigan vaccine uh, restrictions and protocols that are in there is basically like 3,000 people cut the line uh, and got their vaccines before they figured out what was going on. So, uh, yeah. The TSA has decided to require masks at screening checkpoints as new strains of COVID-19 are hitting the U.S. So this is the acting Secretary of Homeland Security told the TSA, you know what? Everyone's got to wear masks. What? Do you mean to say that all this time they haven't required masks? Really? Are you serious? That seems incredibly dumb. Is that true? Can anyone fact check Doge Lunch? Can anyone check this for me? I mean, this is very concerning and not what I was expecting. Um, Here's a picture, I guess, of some people walking in an airport with their masks on. But it says they're expanding the areas where people must wear masks while traveling. How about everywhere? How about if there's a 5% chance that masks work, that everyone should wear them all the time, especially in the airport? Are you kidding? The determination grants the TSA certain authorities required to implement an executive order issued by President Biden on January 21st titled the Executive Order on Promoting COVID-19 Safety and Domestic and International Travel. Masks will be required at a TSA screening checkpoint. 
They will also be required throughout the commercial and public transportation system. Duh! If masks can prevent one out of every thousand people from getting sick, everyone should wear them all the time. It's so stupid. I'm like, am I the only one saying this? Am I the only one think about this? Just put on your mask. Why is this a big deal? Why is this a big deal for anybody? Oh, and then, this is so stupid, man. This is so stupid. Ponderous, man. Um, They actually did a study about these idiots who wear their mask under their nostrils. You've seen dummies doing this. Haven't you seen this? Everyone's seen this. Uh, Guess what? If your nose is uncovered, it may heighten COVID-19 infection risk. So let me say this another way. I just, I want everyone to understand what what this study showed, okay? Just, let's go over the details here. If you're wearing, I don't have a mask here on my desk to demo for you, but if you're wearing it below, if you're wearing the mask below your nose so that your nose is out, okay, it may heighten the risk of infection and infecting others. Did you, are you following me? And I think it's on account of your nose being out of the mask. That's the thing. People didn't seem to realize that if your nose is out of your mask, then your nose will be out of your mask. And then you'll be breathing through your nose and you get and transmit the coronavirus from breathing. So if your nose is out of your mask, then your nose won't be inside of your mask. And then you'll be able to get and spread the coronavirus. I am so thankful that these guys did a study and they did this video here, which I'm going to show you. This is the, oh, good. A Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Extra charge coffee at Dunkin'. Okay, thank you for that. Look, everyone, it's a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Look at that. You can get your iced coffee and your hot coffee from Dunkin'. All right, move move on, Duncan. Thank you. I don't. I haven't watched this video, so I don't know what we're about to see here. Okay, there's some people in a park with masks on. There's a guy putting it up over his nose. There we go. Very serious Donald Rumsfeld-ish looking politician, doctory dude uh, at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Okay, here's what I wanted to show you. There's a man appears to be. Oh, you know what? It's Dr. Manhattan and the poor uh, coronavirus uh, bacteria going into Dr. Manhattan's nose as he's breathing. (laughs) I guess that was now Donald Rumsfeld is angry again. Uh, I guess they're showing that um, (laughs) this is a wonderful video. I'm so glad that I took time out to show this to y'all. For those of you who are... um, who are just listening, you're just going to have to listen. All right. This video told us nothing, but I hope Dr. Manhattan's okay. I would like to tell you that you can help support the show. If, if you're too stubborn and selfish to support through Patreon donation, fine. I accept that. Uh, but this is really another way that you could help by going to my sponsor, meh.com. Meh.com slash Dan in particular, I'll get a tiny little kickback if you go there and you buy something. So right now, today on on Meh, they have a seven-piece Somacare reusable heat pack. You get seven heat packs for soothing sore muscles after an intense workout or 
you know, for whatever other reason you might be sore, you can get these. And I like the quotes that they have. Hey, dude, can I borrow a Somacare reusable heat pack? Sure, Carl. Feeling sore? Uh, totally from uh, all the exercise I've been doing. So you can go and get these. It's $19 for seven of them. Now, what I don't know is if these also work as cold packs too, or if they're just for heating up. Like, can you put them in the freezer? I don't know. First person order these and try it. Let me know. Thanks very much to math.com slash Dan for making this show possible. Uh, so they found out that a disproportionate number of current and former military personnel were arrested in the Capitol attack. It's true. Active military personnel and veterans are overrepresented among the first 150 people that were arrested. Um, Pentagon uh, did a little study and uh, CNN looked at it and got this information back and said that 21 of the 150 or 14% are current or former members of the U.S. military. This is more than double the proportion of servicemen and women and veterans in the adult U.S. population calculated by the Census Bureau and the Department of Defense Statistics. In 2018, there were 1.3 million active duty members of the services and 18 million veterans, which is just 5.9% of the overall 327 million U.S. population at the end of 2018. So this is like more than double that were there. So that tells you something. What does it tell you? It tells you that people who were in the military uh, maybe cared more about the issue or maybe believed in whatever it was that were inspiring people to, to go there. And that's kind of interesting, I think. Um, okay. Speaking of this issue, uh, ex-QAnoner spoke to Anderson Cooper and apologized for the conspiracy and said, I'm sorry, I thought you ate babies. I was brainwashed. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for playing this clip, uh, but I'm going to try and, oh, good. Good. There's an ad. Wonderful. Uh, so we'll let the ad play and then I'll see if I can show it to you. But this was a special report on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, here you go. Let's. I was also called over on TMZ. Phony flight logs purported. Oh, it's very long. It's very long. Let me see if I can just get to the part. Sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's. Nope. It's going to have a million other things in it. But basically, on on CNN, Anderson was there and uh, he was talking about QAnon and he uh, basically one of the theories behind QAnon is that uh, that. QAnon believers think that high-level politicians, primarily Democrats, uh, are pedophiles and there's a, a big uh, international child trafficking ring and that they also either do or want to control the world. And this was supposed to be exposed. And this is what the QAnon people believe or still believe or did believe. And uh, so they had an interview with a guy named Jitharth Jadeha. That's your name, dude. And uh, said, I apologize, excuse me, I apologize for thinking that you ate babies. And he said to Anderson, because they believe Anderson does this too. And, uh, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I was brainwashed. But I thought this was so bizarre, not just that they had him on, but that they had him on to talk about this one particular issue, because this is not the big one that you hear about most of the time. I just thought it was very interesting. And I was like kind of thinking, watching it, thinking, what's the point? Like, why are they doing this now? Because honestly, it only like brings more attention to it. I don't know. But OK, a little update on the oh, we got time. Uh, the Russian hack. Um, they say that it has brought changes and uncertainty to the U.S. court system. This is a report on NPR I wanted to tell you about. 
Uh, trial lawyer Robert uh, Fisher is handling one of America's most prominent counterintelligence cases, defending an MIT scientist charged with secretly helping China. Um, but under new court rules, he'll have to print out any highly sensitive documents and hand deliver them to the courthouse. This is because uh, all of this other material could be filed electronically in the past. Wiretaps, witnesses, national security concerns and issues. There was an electronic way for them to submit all of this. But after this, uh, um, well, I, I mean, has it been proven? I think it's just a theory, but correct me if I'm wrong, that there was a Russian hacking campaign that was uh, in, responsible for getting all of this data out. And um, anyway, they, they're they now, because it's so secure, they have to like take paper with them, old school style, what we used to call the sneaker net. Instead of sending it over the internet, it's the sneaker net. You walk it over there. And um, the, the quote here is uh, from Fisher, uh, who is defending Gang Chen, who is a nanotechnology researcher fighting charges that he defrauded the United States. Um, he says it would be cumbersome if we have to start filing pleadings during the litigation on paper. It's going to be more difficult. But this all comes back to the Russian intrusion or suspected Russian intrusion through the solar wind software. Uh, it's changing everything. There's a lot going on right now. Are you not? Are you not getting this? Doesn't it feel a little overwhelming? Because you, of course, you've got you've got COVID, but you don't just have COVID. You've got lockdowns. You've got economy. You've got how it affects people's mental health. You've got uh, all of these different variants happening. You've got the vaccinations that are going on. So that's sort of one thing. Then you've got like security stuff. You've got the hacks. You've got all the solar wind stuff. You've got, uh, we have a new president coming in who's signing all of these things. Uh, you've got uh, the, the whole situation over in kind of brewing in the Middle East with the like logistics behind what we're doing with uh, the nuclear programs. Like there are a lot of things to be paying attention and then here we've got the whole issues with privacy, which kind of kicked off with WhatsApp. And then you've got all the stuff going on in the stock market right now. There is a lot to keep track of, folks. There's a lot going on. It is a very strange time right now. Um, speaking of the stock market, <clears throat> uh, GameStop shares dropped 30% and were briefly halted uh, following a 400% short squeeze that we talked about last week. This is on CNBC. Uh, GameStop shares fell this morning. Uh, because uh, this trading is still going on, the trading that I told you about. Shares of the bricks and mortar video game retailer surged more than 1,625% in January, causing a market-to-market -market lo market loss of almost $20 billion to hedge funds with short positions against the stock. They couldn't, remember how I explained this last week, they couldn't come up with the money to cover the shares that they had borrowed anticipating that the value would go lower. So they're like going bankrupt. They're going out of business. They're having to give up their positions. They're, uh, it's not good. It's not good. And the thing is, GameStop's just flying around in the middle of this. Like there's, there's nothing more that they can do except just like sit around and watch what happens. So not good for them. Uh, silver. That's what Reddit is focusing on today. Silver has jumped 7%. Traders are trying their squeeze play with silver. Uh, the spike in demand for silver appears to be related to retail traders in the Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, which has helped drive trading, like we talked about in GameStop, AMC. And now they're looking at silver. Their futures were trading 7.3% higher at 28.87 an ounce uh, just about an hour ago. Um, the metal was previously trading at 11%. Uh, which would mark the largest one-day pop in silver on uh, on it 
since a 13% spike in 2009. So silver. Elon Musk, this is a weird story. Um, and it's a little disturbing. Yeah, do you want me to talk about Dogecoin? I'm not talking about Dogecoin. Elon Musk says he wired up. This is the, this is the title of the article. Elon Musk says he wired up a monkey's brain to play video games. Yes, this is true. He says one of his startups has a monkey with wires going into its brain that's able to play video games. <laughs> Listen to this. He's a happy monkey, said Musk, the chief executive officer of electric vehicle maker Tesla Inc. and backer of numerous other futuristic products, including Neuralink Corp., a startup focused on developing, focused on developing a brain-computer interface. He said videos of the plugged-in simians would be released soon, perhaps in a month. Doesn't it feel to you like um, Funny how. like Elon Musk is so rich and so smart and so weird that he's just doing whatever the heck he feels like he wants to do? Well, we've got Tesla over here. We've got these cars. They're really cool. I'm going to make flamethrowers now just because I like flamethrowers. And... You know, now I'm going to make rocket ships because we want to go to Mars. I'll just do it. I'll just do rocket ships. Why not? And now he's got wires going into a monkey's brain. And what does he do? He has it play video games. What's next? What if he can have the monkeys control robots? Listen, it sounds funny and you're laughing. But think about it for a second. How long will it be until we have monkeys who are being given robot bodies and are controlling them. What if the future of AI isn't artificial intelligence, it's monkey intelligence powering robots? Think about it. I don't stop nothing, you idiot. Okay. So you probably heard about this one. Prince Harry uh, was in a legal dispute with the UK newspaper uh, for uh, defamation charges and things like that. And um, yeah, they're saying that uh, in the chat that uh, Elon could accidentally become an evil genius. I think it's already happened. <laughs> uh, the, the sack maniac says he has the monkey grinding for gold in world of Warcraft. That's right. He's just, he's just in there grinding just, <laughs> and he can come back and claim the account. Prince Harry set a legal dispute with the mail, uh, on Sunday and the mail online, accepting what his legal team called significant damages over an article, alleging he had turned his back on the Royal Marines. Uh, Jenny Afia is a lawyer for the Duke of Sussex, said in the statement to open court on Monday that, quote, the baseless, false and defamatory stories published constituted not only a personal attack on the Duke's character, but also wrongly brought into question his service to this country. And uh, he's requested any damages received go to the Invictus Games Foundation. Uh, so he feels like some good can come out of the situation. Invictus Games are founded by the prince for wounded members of the armed forces. So. Uh, He's, he's winning. Nintendo profits are soaring as people are playing games during the pandemic and they're out there buying their Switch and they're playing games. Listen to this. It's April to December profits surged to 376.6 billion yen, which is 3.6 billion US dollars from 196 billion yen the previous year. Its nine-month sales jumped 37% to 1.4 trillion yen, which is 13 billion to you and me. And uh, this is because of things like Animal Crossing New Horizons. That was the big game of last year. And everyone was stuck at home 
during quarantine and they're making their little islands and they're building their little houses and catching the fish and building the museum and visiting other people's islands and this just went completely nuts. Nintendo sold 24 million Switch consoles during the three quarters through December. It had sold 12.5 during the first two quarters of the year and uh, sales nearly doubled in the last quarter. This includes the smaller Switch Lite as well as the regular Switch when they came out with another product for that. So they're having a, a great time. Speaking of having a great time, listen, you know, I told you about meh. Well, they also make t-shirts. It's called Mediocrity. But look at this week's shirts. Oh my God. So you take this little slider. Look at this. Look at this. If you're just listening. Sorry, I'll tell you about it. Instead of adventure time, They've got one that says drinking time. So they've got like a little mixed drink and a beer, high uh, fist bumping each other like in the Adventure Time intro together. And then this one here, it says puzzle time. You had two puzzle pieces, a little bit like Finn and Jake fist bumping each other. And uh, these are great. Go get these. You get these at Mediocrity, M-E-D-I-O-C-R-I-T-E-E. Get it, Mediocrity.com slash Dan. And I'll get a tiny little fist bump from you if you do that. Oh, too bad I can't show you this article on Bloomberg because uh, it uh, is blocked by this pop-up filter. Thanks, Bloomberg. But uh, basically, the European Union was saying that Apple's $15.8 billion uh, uh, judgment is not cool. And they want to they recall it and figure it out again. Did you hear about this one? And this is another thing. This came out right before I was starting the show for all of you guys, right before I was starting the show. Uh, this came out. Google is thinking about leaving Australia, leaving Australia. Software giant Microsoft Corp stepping in to take what's being left and eating their lunch dog food. Uh Microsoft says they're confident that its search product, Bing, can fill the gap in Australia if Google pulls its search. Basically, they uh, this is weird. Um, Australia introduced some laws that would force Google and any social media, big like social media places like Facebook, Google, to negotiate payments to domestic media outlets whose content links driving are driving traffic. And uh, Google's like, no, this is unworkable. We can't do this. Uh, it doesn't make sense. We're not going to be able to pay it. It's, we can't even figure out how it works. So we're just going to we're just going to leave. And that would be bad because Google is 94 percent of the country's search market. Ninety four. That's everyone. People, that's everyone. <laughs> even 60 percent is everyone. But 94 percent. That's crazy. Well, Microsoft CEO Nadella says, oh, no, I'm talking to Marson, who's the uh, prime minister of Australia. And, uh, and says, you know what? We don't mind. We'll come. We'll, we'll be fine. Well, right now, Bing is the distant number two, having only not even 6% of the search market. They're like, we're here. We're here. And Morrison says, oh, Microsoft's confident we can do it. Has anyone in Australia ever used Bing? It's not the best. It's not the best. Uh, okay, so this dude died. His name is Andrew Brooks. Um, What's your name, dude? I shouldn't do it. That's your name for... I'll edit that out and post. The show will never air. Uh, but um, the guy who came up with the first FDA-approved COVID-19 saliva test, he died. He died at 51. He had a heart attack. But at least he was able to gift us this amazing technology for spitting and seeing if your spit 
has coronavirus in it, but he passed away and it was sudden and he was a dad. So I'm sorry to see him go. Uh, and thanks very much to, uh, to Andrew Brooks for giving us this test and furthering what we are doing to find out about coronavirus. Okay. Got a little update on, uh, Donald Trump. Um, did you know this? This came out yesterday. I, I didn't know if this was like everyone knew this or not, but his entire impeachment defense team left and left him alone less than two weeks before the trial, um, which seems really bad. Five impeachment defense attorneys left le like a little more than a week before his trial is set to start. That's um, they're calling it here on CNN, a dramatic development. Uh, he's already been struggling to find lawyers to take his case anyway. And now with these legal briefs coming due next week and a trial set to begin only days later, uh, he's defenseless, literally, against this. And no other attorneys have announced that they're working on his impeachment defense. Uh, Joe in the chat room is saying that he got a new team. Uh, I haven't seen that. If you could share a link for me, I would, uh, I would definitely want to see that. I would be interested to see who it is. Um, but I haven't heard that. I heard that he has named some lawyers, but that they haven't officially signed on yet, um, that he was still struggling, but I'm looking here at some news and it, it does say that David Schoen and Bruce L. Castor Jr. are going to be his legal team. Those are the two folks that are doing it. So I see that he's, has named them. This just, just came out, uh, a couple hours ago. So see why I want to do this. Do you understand why I want to do the show later? Now you give me extra time to find all this instead of trying to do it the night before. All right. And uh, here's the last article. A ton of you sent me this one because you know, I'm working on the new show. Alleged UFO sighting. Uh, this was okay. This is actually, let, let me tell you this. This one's actually interesting and could be something. Um, there are not a lot of places are talking about this right now, but check this out. If you're if you're just listening, you're going to be SOL. This looks real to me. Uh, it says there is another UFO sighting. <clears throat> An eyewitness shot these photos Saturday while heading south on the 101 freeway just outside of Thousand Oaks as she was approaching Westlake Village around sunset. We're told she was on her phone when she saw this thing hovering in the sky, flying in the same direction she was heading with a group of lights trailing behind it. Um, here's kind of another photo where you can see some of the lights behind it here. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the arrow TMZ in case we couldn't see the giant UFO in the sky. Uh, I appreciate that. They said it was only visible for a few seconds. It vanished, which doesn't really mean it vanished. It means it sped away at speeds that were too fast, uh, for her to really, uh, you know, see with the naked eye. So, what do they want to do? They want to study these a little bit. So what did they do? The TMZ said to their like Photoshop guru, and trust me, they're Photoshopping a lot of stuff on TMZ. So uh, no, I mean, even just for their, I'm not accusing them. They do a lot of these like things where they'll take a picture and change it on purpose to see if you see the difference. They to sort of educate you as far as how to look for stuff that's been changed. So they have really good Photoshop people is what I'm saying. And uh, these Photoshop folks look at this and said, 
No, they don't look fake. So here's a close-up. It's very, very zoomed in. But here's a close-up of the thing that they saw in the sky. Kind of interesting. And their Photoshop person says, nope. Uh, it's a, they say, our graphic artist tried an experiment with stock images of glowing disks, UFOs, and flying saucers to see if the images could be manipulated in a similar fashion as the tipster's photos. She concluded it would be hard to cut and paste the images with the exact angles of the tipster's images. They do appear to be legit to the people at TMZ. Do they look legit to me? Um, I don't know. They did reverse image searches to see if they were already existing. They weren't. So what is it? What is that? It's interesting. Um, we have no more information on it, but I think you're just going to start to see more and more of this. You're going to start to hear the news talking about it more. I'm talking about the mainstream news. You're going to see more and more pictures. We're not going to get any answers from the government. We're not going to get any answers from anything that's been declassified. You know that. But by all means, let's keep talking about it because it is fascinating. So... Um, Nelson says that some basic Photoshop skills. I don't know. Uh, Andy, you have asked, what's the best way to send me something if you are not on Twitter? You can email me. You can uh, also go to fill out the contact form at danbenjamin.live, or you can just email me, dan at 5x5.tv, and please send me stuff. I, uh, I rely on you guys as my, you are my creators, you're my supporters, you're my benefactors, and uh, I need you guys to send me stuff when you find it. I'm only one person. I don't have a producer helping. So guess what? You're my producers. Just like um, No Agenda, you can be my producer and help me make the show even better. You can do that, of course, by following me. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube and Periscope. Uh, so follow me there at Dan Benjamin. Like and subscribe it doesn't just help me. Uh, it helps the channel, but it tells YouTube that you are watching. So even if you're already subscribed, just click like, smash the like button. That really does make a difference. That's the one way that these videos can rise above all the other uh, stuff that's out there. It makes a huge difference. And of course, support me on Patreon. All the work that I do this and all of the other projects can be supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. And those of you who are already doing it, I salute you. Thank you so much for all that you do for me, making it possible for me to do the show, pay my bills and save to put my kids through college. And yes, I am being serious. So that's it. That's all I have for you all today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I'll be back again tomorrow.